0: Well, hey, everyone. Uh, today, I'm, I'm really excited for our guest that we'll be talking with. This is actually, we had a call last week from someone in the UK, so I'm going across the ocean again here and chatting with a change agent in India. Uh, has a really interesting story, really interesting organization, so I'm really looking forward to unpacking what's going on with this organization, with this change agent, and just uh, unpacking a very unique story and unique organization so I'm here uh, with Dr. Pathak he is the founder director um, establisher of Sulav International and I'll let him really talk about the organization, but this is an organization that has served millions of individuals in India in a really innovative way. And so I'm really, really excited just to learn some of the unique lessons here around how this organization was established and how they chose the individuals that, that they and communities that they work with. So, Dr. Pathak, I've given folks just a little bit about you and, and your organization, so why don't you go ahead and take it away? And tell us about yourself because we want to know who you are personally. And then talk to us uh, about your organization and, and what led you to establish it.
1: Uh, I am from uh, Baishali Bihar in India. And uh, I have been working in this field from last 46 years. I wanted to be a lecturer in the University of Patna in Department of Sociology. But uh, finally, I joined as a social worker in Bihar Gandhi Centenary Celebration Committee. That committee was formed to celebrate the birth century of Mahatma Gandhi. And there I was asked to restore the human diet and dignity of untouchables who used to clean human faces on their heads and they had to suffer all sorts of humiliation, uh, humiliation, uh, insults, and tragedy. But I said to my general secretary that, sir, I belong to a Brahmin family. And uh, while as a child, I touched a lady untouchable, and for that matter, my grandmother forced me to swallow cow dung to drink cow urine and gangage water to purify me. So how I can work with untouchables? Secondly, I was, I said I'm not an engineer. So unless I give alternative to bucket toilets or dry latrines cleaned by human scavengers, how I could ask people not to use the bucket toilets? But the man who was in charge, he said, I do not know all these things. I see light in you and you can do this. So I had no alternative. Then uh, in sociology, it was taught to us to build rapport with the communities for which one wants, wanted to work. So I went and lived in the colony of untouchables in Bethia town in Bihar. This is in Champaran where Mahatma Gandhi started his freedom movement. In the colony, uh, I was staying there. One day in the fine morning, a newly married girl, she was being forced by in-laws and husband to go to Bethia town to clean bucket toilets. She was not ready to go, crying bitterly. So I heard the voice, I went and intervened. She was crying so bitterly, it is very difficult to tolerate. Uh, so I asked them why you are forcing her if she did not want to go. The mother-in-law asked me what she will do from tomorrow, because she had to do the, this work whole life. Tomorrow, if she sells vegetables, who will buy from her hand? And certainly this is a uh, dark chapter in the history of India, that a person born untouchable be, will die as untouchable. There is no chance of escape in the whole life. A person he if he commits or she commits crime, can be released from the will, from the from the imprisonment if on uh, has uh, not committed heinous crimes. But here in social prisons, there are no chance of escape. After a few days, I was going to have a cup of tea with friends of mine. And what I found that a boy, wearing red shirt, he was attacked by the bull. People rushed to save him. Somebody from the crowd said he belonged to Untitled's colony, and for that matter, Everybody left him. The boy was hurt in such a way. We took him to hospital and the boy died. While I was coming to live with untouchables, I was not sure to continue because my father was very sad. Brahmin's community was opposed to this idea and I was married very early. So my father-in-law was very angry with me and uh, he was so angry. Sometimes you say, I don't want to see your face. I have destroyed the life of my daughter. So there are difficult situations. so I had to tell him, look, I have started turning over the pages of history of India. I may, I may not. So that was the turning point. And all that occasion, and I forgot in the hospital itself, I forgot my father, my father-in-law and Brahmin communities and took care how to fulfill the dreams of Gandhi. So my journey began from there.
0: No, that's that's great. And I love that story. It sounds like you had, and, and this is a theme that, that's really developing with, with a lot of individuals that I, I speak with. You you had a moment, you had a personal experience that really you were made aware of something that you could no longer make yourself unaware of and you know that awareness caused you to go out and, and do something about it and I really love that and that's that's a big difference between the, the folks I, I chat with that really has helped them start organizations and run organizations all the way through so yeah love love that story and and that background doctor I yeah. Thank thank you for sharing yeah. that
1: so thereafter uh what were necessary to uh, rescue the untouchables from the shackles of slavery was uh, a flush toilet. Gandhi himself said, till they clean night soil, nobody will have food with them. And so uh, it was necessary to have a flush toilet. In India, uh, British government introduced the severe system this system is so costly in construction and maintenance and water requirement is enormous. So out of 7,935 towns and cities, only 270 have civil system in 144 years. So by this technology, India has two problems, defecation open and manual cleaning of night soil. Both are not possible too. End or stop. So what I did, I invented a technology of two-pit pour flush compost toilet. And that uh, technology is, is so simple that it requires only one liter of water to flush per use compared to ten liters in conventional ones. And human keta gets converted in this technology because there are two pits one use at a time, other is kept a standby. And the first one, is full, switch over to another one. And the first one, after two years, it becomes fertilizer, manual, can put into, into the field. So this technology, initially, I had to face skeptical views from the engineers and the planners and others. I had also some jokes around, but finally, the government of Bihar accepted the technology and we started converting the bucket toilets into solar Plus toilet and relieving the untouchables from this subhuman occupation of clean night soil. So that started from there. Uh, in, uh, and by then what happened that uh, the centenary period was over. So I had to f- found uh, one organization and that Sulaw International Social Service Organization was founded by me in 1970. 1970.
0: Okay, sorry. Yeah, and we will we will definitely um, unpack the the pieces of the organization and the, and the strategies that you went into here in just a moment because we do want to get into some specifics in terms of the organization. But I, I love the background you've given us here. Again, you know, faced with an issue, you found you saw a class of people, as as far as I'm understanding it, that were forced to do an activity that really caused them to be uninvolved with society because they were they were cleaning toilets and and people would not interact with them. But then you also had this problem in the sense that the technology was such that regular sanitation was difficult. So you came up with an innovative solution to solve both problems. And and I, I love that idea, and that's another theme that, that, that comes out as I chat with people, is seeing a problem and coming up with an innovative way to resolve it that doesn't necessarily... Fit the normal model, you know. You you didn't go out and try to just put sewers in every city. You came up yes, with a, exactly. a a creative and, and a clean way and and a, a a way that would work, a way that would actually make it happen. We'll talk a little bit more because I know that that's become a a major major force in India. So I want to talk about how you've impacted those communities. But before we get into the specifics, more specifics of of uh, Sulava, I want to ask just a little more about you a little bit more about you doctor uh, here with uh, at Change Nation with the individuals I talk to we're all about inspiration and so do you have a an inspirational quote or, or a mantra a philosophy of somebody that, that drives what you do
1: actually uh, the philosophy of Mahatma Gandhi that has inspired me to undertake this uh, work, and uh, I've been fulfilling the dreams of Mahatma Gandhi. And Mahatma uh, wanted to restore the human rights and dignity of untouchables. Uh, Here, I can say you, a paradigm shift from centralized to decentralized system of human waste, but the philosophy was very important uh, that uh, Mahatma had said I may not be born again but if it happens I would like to be born in a family of human scavengers so that I could relieve them from this so human occupation. That was the most important thing uh, Gandhi said. Gandhi had many dreams for independent India but two dreams of Gandhi was more strong and he wanted to First, that to restore the human rights and dignity of untouchables. And secondly, he said, I want clean India first, independence later on. So on these two issues, I worked. And both were very difficult, because uh, earth and sky can meet, but not the untouchables and the upper caste people and the province in India. Uh, once in 1934, Gandhi, Uh, mobilized upper caste people to have food with untouchables. They came in the evening, but finally they refused to eat with them. So Gandhi wrote, Indians are ready to face the bullets of the British, but they are unable to eat with untouchables because of fear of Brahmins. So that was the thing, so difficult Indian society and uh, Gandhi was very strong in this sense. He also wanted to, rest- uh, the, the prestige of the untouchable should be on a par with others, like the Vaisa of India. So, but uh, to fulfill all these things, the Gandhian philosophy is most relevant. That he said, you speak truth. I will develop it later on, if you like, that honesty, integrity, ethics, Morality, coupled with vision, mission, commitment, capabilities, and efficiency. And one mission in one life, or one life, one mission. So these things are combined. So with truth and non-violence, society can be changed, what Gandhi wanted. And we have done exactly in this country that without an abhival, without uh, burning the books of Vedas, Pranas, smritis and without telling a single word or hurting by a single word to any caste, upper caste people or Brahmins, I have saved the society, I have fulfilled the dreams of Mahatma Gandhi by restoring their human rights. And uh, now they are completely in the society with upper caste people, the Brahmins, and they eat together, sit together, and they used to work in those families, like beauty care and others, where they to be called untouchables. So, this was all the dreams of Mahatma Gandhi. But of violence is most important and the truth. C. Givera, perhaps, correct spelling was C. C. H. C. H. Givera, and he came to India in 1959 and he gave a speech and he said, to feed hungry people, uh, resort, uh, the violence can be uh, done. But finally, he said, No, I endorse the views of Mahatma Gandhi uh, to change the society by non violence. That if oppressed will change the oppressor, the oppressor will change the oppressed. So there is no end of it. So he said, With the non violence of Mahatma Gandhi, the society can be changed. So here I have taken the full philosophy of Mahatma Gandhi, and I got them relieved from this uh, occupation, gave them education, vocational training, to uh, like a uh, papadum making and noodles, speakers, beauty parlour, beauty care, and uh, fashion technology designing, carpet weaving, so on and so forth. And now they have become self-reliant; they are earning their own livelihood. And the most important thing I did. I helped them to go to temple, go to sacred divas Ganga to take bath, to worship Lord Shiva and other gods and goddesses, because they were denied into the temple earlier. So I helped them to perform rites, rituals, and ceremonies of the upper caste people. And that helped them to come in the mainstream society on a par with others. That was most important change I brought. And because of that now. uh, Dr. Ambedkar, uh, he was uh, one of the champions of Freedom Fighter, and he uh, gave four indicators to know whether untouchability has gone from this uh, country or not. One he said, when all will go to temple, all will take bath in the same pond, all will draw water from the same well, and if everybody will eat together, the common dining. That part is still India has to achieve. Urban areas it is not felt, but rural areas people go today, even they don't eat with the Shulkas peoples and the untouchables. In my village, I give feast, then I ask all people to come together. Uh, shul Shulkas and Aprakas, they eat together in my village. But that has to be done in all the 600,000 villages in the country. So that way, we have done this aspect of restoration of human diets and dignity of individuals And for while doing all these things, the technology of solar uh, toilet has been recently declared as one of the five inventions of the world by BBC World Horizon. So that is uh, most important that how we have done one by one.
0: Great. Tons of of golden nuggets of of information there. Lots of of great inspirational quotes and messages that that for my audience will be chewing on for a while. Uh, One thing I really wanted to highlight that I love that you said was one life one mission. And that's huge to me because I mean this organization, you've been running it now for, for forty years. And I think that just speaks to the power of taking one mission and and really focusing on it and, and what you can accomplish. And and we'll talk a little bit more specifically about that here in just a moment. But I also like the piece, love the piece that when looking at all of the social issues that, that that India faces, and and as in the United States, there are many, um, that. You found one that I think a lot of other people might have, have overlooked, but it's something that, you know, if, if you want these, these classes to come together, something has to change about the technology and the way that yes. sanitation occurred. I mean, it, it was it's something that on the surface, it, it, it might look a little simple, you know, these this class has to clean toilets and so other classes won't eat with them, but actually solving that problem and, and fixing the thinking that goes into it is, is really a lifetime process and that's that that's why it requires that that one life, one mission. And so I really like the message there. I think that's that's really important for anyone looking at doing any any kind of a project like that. Uh, so on that note, I, I want to move now and talk a little bit more specifically. Uh, like I said, you've, you've shared a lot of great insight with us in terms of inspiration, your inspiration for the work you do and, and, and what drives you. So let's talk now about how that organization is structured and the kinds of of results that you've seen because I know they are tremendous. So here here in the United States, one thing we're, we're talking a lot about right now is how to structure social service organizations. Um, a lot of them are nonprofits. We have some different kind of hybrid structures. There are even some, some for-profit structures here in the United States around some of these organizations. So I wonder if you just talk to us a little bit about uh, the structure of Sula and how you chose to structure your organization in that way. Actually,
1: in 1970... I founded a non-profit organization, Sula International. And uh, in India, it comes under Directive Principle of State Policy. In 1948, this uh, was enacted, and it said that uh, non-profit organization may be given some, uh, say, uh, advantage to work in the society, and given some rules for for the NGOs. So I founded this NGO, Sulaw International. Uh, Initially, I also applied for the grant of $1,000. But uh, one officer in India is called Indian Administrative Service. So he suggested me, you don't take grant. If you take $1,000, next year, uh, finance department will raise money objections. And he will take again time to reply and again to get one thousand dollars. And he said, "I have gone through your file. I have seen, and I feel your program is going to create a great impact in this country." At that time, nothing; it's only the fifty pages, my note. Uh, but he said, "I see danger in it. So you don't take grant." So he suggested you take the money for the implementation of the program and whatever money is saved that you can run the organization. So he divided that work uh, between the government and the Sula and the local bodies that resource mobilization, monitoring and supervision should be done by the government and government agencies like local bodies. And the Sula should make awareness, motivation, education, communication, training, Designing, estimation, implementation, maintenance, and follow-up. So these functions have to be done by Sula. So these arrangements, uh, and Sula was uh, recognized as a catalytic agency to work among the government, local bodies, and the beneficiaries. uh, This uh, arrangement worked very well. And the, the uh, government started giving uh, some help to the beneficiaries, like loan and grant to build their toilets. So they used to pass money to the local bodies. And solar people used to go house to house, motivate, it's great. And they had to fill up a form. And that form we used to submit in their local bodies. And they used to give money on behalf of the uh, beneficiaries. And we used to construct the toilet and give them guarantee for five years. If anything goes wrong, they get five free of cost. And there, it was ten percent uh, supervision charge or implementation charge for doing all the jobs. Now it has increased to fifteen to twenty percent. So the two uh, uh, type of money was given: one for the work and other for the running the organisation, equal to the work done. So, the first work we started in ARA, a local body in Bihar, and I got $10 to build two toilets as a demonstration. The chairman of the local body was a freedom fighter. He was a lawyer. So, when he saw the technology, the slope toilet, he was very happy and he said, who did it? So, the officer concerned introduced me there. So, he said, look, it was dream of Mahatma Gandhi. And uh, he said, quote, he said, I am also the freedom fighter and uh, I became a lawyer. After freedom movement, all freedom fighters joined their own job, left Gandhi's dream. So this was Gandhi's dream. You try to fulfill, I will help you, unquote. And that is started from there. So the first was uh, Aram Spelty, then Buxer and government of Bihar, recognized for the whole Say state, and after so they also started new program construction and maintenance of public toilets in Patna by Patna Municipal Corporation. Initially, in 1878, an act was passed to maintain public toilet on pay and use basis, but it could not work. So, after lapse of 96 years, in 1974, I introduced the system. Again, people joked, laughed and have skeptical views. Who will pay for the use of toilets? At that time, Indians had no habit of making payments for the toilet. So, but I said, look, if you keep clean, nobody would mind paying a small coin, but if it is dirty, who will go inside? So I had toilets, bathroom, wash basin, urinals, then soap powder, to- uh, towels, and most important was round-the-clock maintenance. So In India, if you uh, construct something and leave in the evening, people will take away many things from there. That worked very well. And 500 people came to use the toilets the first day, and the collection was about $10. And uh, from there, it started. So, throughout the Bihar. So, in 1978, a national seminar was organised by WHO, UNICEF and Government of India. And engineers, planners, secretaries of all the state's government, they came to Patna, saw the functioning of the uh, household toilets, they went house to house, they saw the functioning of public toilets and maintenance, and finally it was recommended that these activities should be extended to other parts of the country also. So now both the programs have gone around the country and it will be accepted throughout the country. Mythology has been accepted and that way it is getting momentum and it has solved the problems of defecation in the open and manual cleaning of uh, ending the manual cleaning for uh, scavenging. Mm-hmm. So uh, in uh, most of the states now we have been working and the system has worked other ngos and uh, other business people also are doing on this uh, pattern we also did in kabul afghanistan uh, which i did not uh, discuss even, uh, earlier we have a system of biogas digester and from public toilet excreta and human excrement excrement goes to a digester with uh, by ingredient and it uh, decomposes and produces biogas the biogas can be used for burning lamp, cooking food and warming bodies and convert it into energy to supply as a street light. Earlier, the it was 80% diesel, uh, biogas and 20% diesel. But now it is 100% biogas because we have uh, changed through the battery system. So. Uh, You can get all these uses and the water discharge from the plant is treated through UV filter. And therefore, this is a technical term, biochemical oxygen demand per gram per liter. It is less than 10 BOD. In India, it is uh, 30 BOD uh, standard. So this water is so pure, either you can use for household purposes in public toilet or uh, in a field as a fertilizer. But if you want to discharge in river bodies, there's no chance of pollution. So all these programs have been accepted throughout the country, in Kabul also, and we have trained 15 countries of Africa and South Africa, the Ethiopia, Uganda, Mozambique, Burkina Faso, all these things. So, and also this technology which I invented, that China, then Bangladesh, Uh, uh, Vietnam, all their countries have uh, adopted it. So that way, uh, these technologies are appropriate, affordable, indigenous and culturally acceptable. So this program is going very well and I hope 2.5 billion people who have no access to safe and hygiene toilets, only these two technologies can help them to achieve their target. So this way we are fulfilling the dreams of Mahatma Gandhi, what he wanted. And uh, this way, uh, we have other programs I will talk to you later on about the widows of Bdavan, the widows in India.
0: Yeah, that, that's amazing right there and, and I love that story and I think one of the biggest notes of, of, of success with an organization as I chat with individuals is when your technology is, is brought to other places around the world and I love this huge goal of, of reaching 5 billion people. And and, you- and
1: one thing was important, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I could not, I forgot to mention, that then this organization based on the its work the work which we do and out of saving we run the organization so we have not taken donation or grant so far initially i started from 10 dollars i told you now definitely we work of 60 million billion dollars million dollars and out of saving we help the untouchables the we have schools for the untouchables free of cost the vocational center the center for the untouchables and we do so what uh, uh, say, $20 million be spent on the welfare of the people, generally the downtrodden, and you can see India with Dalits. So, uh, what we wanted to know that now the organization is dependent only on its income. Uh, I did not take grant at any stage, but uh, it has plus and minus. The plus is that we have been working in last more than four decades without interference from the government. Uh, but uh, I could not scale up as I could have because we have expertise, we have technology, infrastructure, everything we have vision we could have. But because of we did not take grant, so we could not go as much as I should have gone. Like I wanted to put up five public toilets with biogas plant, 500 toilets uh, in the house, uh, houses and in, uh, toilets in hundred schools in 50 countries. And those countries, they, they know they can implement these programs in their own countries. And these technologies are free from patents. Anyone can do in own country without any permission from Sola. So that way I could have gone ahead. I have a dream to set up university, uh, of sanitation. We have bought the land, but we have no money to have the university. We have uh, uh, we are publishing now Encyclopedia of Sanitation. It has not been published by any organization so far. We have Museum of Toilets, only in the world. Recently, it was mentioned by Time uh, that it has three, uh, third place out of ten uh, weird magazines, uh, uh, museums in the world. So that way, it has plus and minus also. But we are running the organization on a self-reliant basis, and we have not taken donation of grant so far. But it has plus, it has minus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as as with, with everything that we do, I think. Yeah. Well well terrific. You you've you shared a lot of, of great stories, great strategies here and, and, and we'd love learning more about the, the structure of, of your organization. I think lots of golden nuggets there, just in terms of the inspiration, how you decided to work with the issue that you worked on and I love this one life, one mission view that that, that, that you took that I think is really important for anyone who really wants to change the world. You have to find that thing that is central to you uh, that, that you know uh, will make an impact and involve yourself with that. And, and you've really done that. You're, you're an example of, of, of doing that exclusively. But I also like that as a result of the one issue you chose to focus on, there were lots of other arenas that you were able to get involved with. You know, you mentioned the schools and the different kinds of toilets that you guys are, are, are creating now. But none of that sounds like it would have come, come about had you not found that one central focus for your life and your organization. So I think that's, that's a, a really powerful message to the people listening to me. Great. So what I want to do now, I I have uh, just the the last section. We're getting into just the last one or two questions here. And what I like to do here at this, I want to just uh, kind of ask you a question and have you throw an answer out uh, in just about one sentence or so. Just provide um, some some info direct to my audience here as they're working to grow their organizations. And then the last piece I'll do is I'll just let you share any other additional bits of info you want. And we'll go ahead and say goodbye to everyone that's that's listening to us today. Um, So the first thing I, I want to ask you, doctor, and just like I said, we're trying to keep these just a quick, quick one sentence kind of thing. Um, so, what is a, for you the favorite tool you're using right now to grow your organization, to expand your reach?
1: No, actually, uh, the way we have been doing now, the, fortunately, uh, the one uh, system has started in India. is called Corporate Social Responsibility. And this side, uh, the companies have to spend uh, 2% of its profit for welfare purposes. And this is going to help in this country, that for welfare purposes, you can get money from CSR. But we have to build toilets, we have to make awareness program, training program, uh, vocational education, so on and so forth. But from there, you can get money and to continue uh, your mission. So that is very important. One thing I want to mention to you, mm-hmm. If you, have time, if you have time, I can speak a little bit. Sure, yeah,
0: I have, have about five more minutes
1: on. Yeah. So, uh, one, that uh, by the uh, intervention of Supreme Court of India, we have been looking after the widows of this country, who had, uh, just after death of husbands, they used to leave, uh, lost everything had to um, uh, eat only the vegetarian food, no good clothing, no any uh, singing or culture program, and they were not allowed to present on the auspicious occasion in their family, like marriage, etc. So we have completely changed their uh, lives, uh, and now they are living like other women, except husband. They have got everything. And that was intervention from the highest judiciary of the country. So that way also, this program is for the uh, the bureaus also. know, recently, we have added this program with the intervention of Supreme Court of India.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important piece of information, especially for here in the U.S. Because we really are going through a lot of change in terms of legal structures around these organizations, and so I, I like the piece where it sounds like there's actually a legal thing that has made it easier for corporations to, to make do- donations. And you mentioned corporate social responsibility. It sounds like you, in India you have some legislation coming through that is making that process easier. And we have a lot of different things going on here in the United States. And I think that's, that's really an important point is, is creating that environment where uh, organizations like Sula can grow and can continue serving the, the people that, that they serve. So, yeah, that's, that's great. So last little bit I have here in this section. Um, Just in, in a real quick sentence, the first thing that you think everyone can do to start changing the world.
1: I think yes, because it can make a difference. And I say, tell scavengers of their feet. We give our today for their tomorrow. So this is very important that you have to make some difference in the life of others. You have to make some change. You have to wipe out the tears from the eyes of the people and to make them to make them smile. So today God has helped you to help someone. So this is the philosophy which we have in Sula. And therefore we work in this direction. That wherever people are suffering, now we are trying to go on also other programs also, but certainly confining to sanitation, untouchables, uh, widows. The disabled, the beggars, then the lepers, also they have some problems. So what I want to do now, the, our, uh, the Prime Minister Designate in India had, has announced good governance and development. And I want to concentrate on social issues, like uncientists uh, and untouchables, and the widows, then the sleepers the beggars, and disabled others. So I will concentrate in these areas of social development, I say. Mm-hmm. I, I
0: love that. We gave our today for their tomorrow. I think that really speaks for itself in terms of the message and, and what yeah. you're trying to share there. Well, well, great. Well, well, well Dr. Pathak, this has been tremendous. I, I, I loved hearing your story and, and more about your organization. And this will definitely provide a lot of insight for folks here in the United States as as we work to establish organizations. So really appreciate Let's
1: Just, just try to say just uh, only three lines from... Uh, Timothy Romer, he was ambassador in India. Uh, So he said to the students of Notre Dame University that uh, as you you leave Notre Dame uh, today, I hope you will remember the story of Dr. Patrick. He did not start out to change the world. He started out to help some scavengers in a few villages in Bihar a small state in the north of India, on the Nepal border. As you start out today, you do not have to change the world overnight, but I encourage you to try to make a difference. This is the lines from the Timothy Robert, who met in India earlier. So that is most important, that we have to make a difference in life of others. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and, and I love that. We have a line that I've I've really tried to live my life by here in the U.S. that I think falls right in line with that, is this idea of acting locally, doing things in your local community, but thinking globally, thinking about how the little things that you do (laughs) uh, impact the world and that's so important and you've really captured that there and it sounds like you know from from that speech at Notre Dame you've, you've absolutely been noticed yeah. in the work yes, yes. that started um, in a very small community and then
1: and He's a really nice in person, I, I remember my life <laughs> I, never, <laughs> huh? I I never seen a person so humble mm-hmm. like Timothy Lombard he was a ambassador and once he uh, uh, he Received everybody, even the security person <laughs> who was in his, uh security. So I did not find any person so humble in his life, like Timothy Ramadan.
0: E- excellent stuff. Yeah. Well, well, great. Well, well, Dr. Pathak, that pretty well wraps us up in terms of the the questions that, okay. that I wanted to throw. But again, just want to thank you. That that last bit was especially powerful. I just I want to thank you for your time, uh, your your yeah. openness to chatting, and and for everything that you're doing out there. Uh, this story, I want this to become an inspiration for individuals here uh, who want to find that one life, that one mission that you talk about. Yeah. Want to yeah. find a way to give for today, or give yes. give there today yes. for someone else's tomorrow. That's, those are the people that I want to inspire here and your story is so powerful that I know it will do that for a lot of people here so I uh, really appreciate you being so generous with thank your time and uh, yes. for the
1: please for, please feel free to speak me to speak to me again
0: oh th- thank thank you very much and for everyone that's just listening to me today I, I
1: will I like your- I like your talking oh that, please,
0: please. <laughs> thank, thank you well we, we could we can definitely make it an ongoing um, conversation okay. because I, I'm definitely connecting with a lot of folks here and I will for, for everyone listening today I will in the notes page I will put a link to Sula international so you can go there and, and check that out um, and link up with with dr. pathik that way um, really, really interesting programs. We talked a little bit about just a few of them really today. There are quite a few more and the website talks about the impact that they've had and the way that they're working. So that's a great place for some specifics but we've got some really amazing stories and and nuggets here that I know I'll be processing and and thinking on for the next several weeks, years. Um, And so Dr. Pathak, we really can't thank you enough for that. Thank
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you.